Section 25 of Religious Studies, Sketches and Poems. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Religious Studies, Sketches and Poems by Harriet Beecher Stowe. The Joy of Christ, Wednesday in Passion Week. The last chapters of St. John, in particular from the 13th to the 17th, are worthy more than anything else in the sacred writings of the designation which has been given them, the heart of Jesus. They are the language of the most intimate love to the most intimate friends, in view of the greatest and most inconceivable of human sorrows. For though the disciples, poor, humble, simple men, were dazed, confused, and misty up to the very moment when they were entering upon the greatest sorrow of their life, the master who was leading them saw it all with perfect clearness. He saw perfectly not only the unspeakable humiliation and anguish that were before himself, but the disappointment, the terror, the dismay, the utter darkness and despair that were just before these humble, simple friends who had invested all their love and hope in him when we think of this it will seem all the more strange the more unworldly and divine to find that in these very chapters our lord speaks more often and with more emphasis of joy than in any other part of the new testament in the fifteenth he says these things have i spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full and again in his prayer for them he says and now come i to thee and these things i speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves he speaks of his joy as a treasure he longed to impart as something which overflowed his own soul and sought to equalize itself by flowing into the souls of his friends he was not only full of joy but he had fullness of joy to give away this joy of christ in the approach of extremest earthly anguish and sorrow is one of the beautiful mysteries of our faith it is a holy night flower opening only in darkness and shedding in the very shadow of death light and perfume or like the solemn splendor of the stars to be seen only in the deepest darkness in the representations made of our lord as a man of sorrows we are too apt to forget the solemn emphasis with which he asserts this fullness of joy but let us look at his position on the mere human side at the hour when he thus spoke he knew that so far as the salvation of his nation was concerned his life-work had been a failure his own people had rejected him and had bargained with a member of his own family to betray him he knew the exact details of the scourging the scoffing the taunts the torture the crucifixion and to a sensitive soul the hour of approach to a great untried agony is often the hour of bitterest trial it is when we foresee a great trouble in the dimness of tomorrow that our undisciplined hearts grow faint and fail us but he who had long foreseen who had counted in advance every humiliation every sorrow and every pain spoke at the same time of his joy as an overflowing fullness he spoke of his peace as something which he had 
a divine power to give away the world saw that night a new sight a sufferer who had touched the extreme of all earthly loss and sorrow who yet stood like god offering to give peace and joy even fullness of joy for our lord intensifies the idea he wants his children not to have joy merely but to be full of joy this is the meaning of the words have my joy fulfilled in them we shall see in the affecting history of the next few hours of the life of jesus that this heavenly joy was capable of a temporary obscuration he was aware that a trial was coming from a direct collision with the evil spirit the prince of this world cometh but hath nothing in me yet we cannot but feel that the mysterious agonies of gethsemane that wrung the blood drops from his heart were in part due to that conflict with cruel and malignant spirits it is the greatest possible help to our poor sorrowful nature that these struggles these strong cryings and bitter tears of our lord have been recorded because it helps us feel that he was not peaceful because he was passionless that his joy and peace did not come from the serenity of a nature incapable of sorrows and struggles like ours there are passages in the experience of such saints as madame guillon that seem like the unnatural exaltation of souls exceptionally indifferent to circumstances nothing makes any difference to them one thing is just as good as another but in the experience of jesus we see our own most shrinking human repellencies we see that there were sufferings that he dreaded with his whole soul sorrows which he felt to be beyond even his power of endurance and so when he said not my will but thy will he said it with full vision of what he was accepting and in that unshaken that immovable oneness of will with the father lay the secret of his joy and victory it is a great and solemn thing for us to think of this joy of christ in sorrow it is something that we can know only in and by sorrow but sorrows are so many in this world of ours griefs sickness disappointment want death so beset our footsteps that it is worth everything to us to think of that joy of christ that is brightest as the hour grows darkest it is a gift it is not in us we cannot get it by any human reasonings or the mere exercise of human will but we can get it as a free gift from jesus christ if in the hour of his deepest humiliation and suffering he had joy and peace to give away how much more now when he is exalted at the right hand of god to give gifts unto men poor sorrowful suffering struggling souls christ longs to comfort you i will give to him that is a thirst the water of life freely come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest end of section twenty five